Hello and welcome to season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi Rutika and Sahan, welcome to Content Kettle. For those who haven't met them before, Rutika is the founder and Sahan is the co-founder of Palette Bath. a luxury cosmetic brand that sells uh, soap bars shampoos and a lot more uh, cosmetic products that are handcrafted and are 100% vegetarian they have been running the business for almost 4 uh, years now if i'm not wrong almost 5 now uh-huh. november we turned 5 okay perfect and they are here to share their story with us today over to you guys thank you so much sir. i think rutika's best startup she started the entire journey so i let her it was really random when i actually started I used to like watching those soap making videos online. People mixing batters of soap, and then there was so much color and fragrance and all these things involved. So I thought, let me try to make a batch at home. I made a batch, and uh, I decided, let me try to sell this batch. It was literally, I think, twenty soaps, and I sold all of it. So then, you know, that was fun. <laughs> so I was like, let me try to make more. So it literally started just like that. After soaps came like salts and oils and a lot of things, and then it was all on Instagram back then, like only Instagram and word of mouth sales. And I think after one and a half years, Sahan joined me, right? Yeah, yeah, I think a year and a half. It's been a fun journey, Soil. I mean, honestly, Ritika is someone who's I've known her before that, but not uh, as closely. I come from an agency background, so my core strength was e-com. So when I was looking at the products and what she was doing, I thought, you know, this is so amazing. And so me, my friends would be like, you know, have you heard of this brand? I'm like, oh my god, this is one of my really good friends. And then we would sit down together and chat, and then we would work together in terms of, you know, how we could scale uh, our revenue, figure out our ROAs, figure out acquisition costs, and figure out how we can upsell, crosssell, and so many things. And eventually, I think after a little while, it just made sense to do it together. And that's when we, I think, uh, joined hands and saw how we could really scale it up. But yeah, it's been a really fun journey, and uh, the, and she's got really good product knowledge and formulation knowledge, so that makes it so much easier to, you know, come up with the right products, making sure it sticks in the market, understanding what customers want, and especially with our bath bombs. If you look at it across yeah. the country, there are hardly two to three companies who are doing well in the space, and I think you know, she's really good at figuring out those gaps and. that's one of the biggest reasons we've been able to grow aggressively in the past one one and a half year got it got it back then like in 2017 and 2018 there was a thing of this slime on instagram that was booming if you remember right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. i was a big fan of that and i used to follow every page that would you know put that type of content Make i get oh yeah yeah slime <laughs> Uh, so you started with one product and then you went on adding different categories to it correct so so that day i made the first batch the same evening i think i made like a logo on my computer because i'm like you know what let me make this a thing <laughs> so i made like i came up with the name i made like a you know a logo and i'm not really good at photoshop i have very basic knowledge so the next day at work i went to my colleague and i'm like can you help me like in palette if you see the a doesn't have a line so i was like can you do that for me can you remove that thing <laughs> and literally that's how the company i was like yeah now it's a thing so this is a company and we sell bath products got it interesting 
So uh, I just wanted to understand how the entire manufacturing process looks like at Pallet Bar. So everything from the beginning till now, everything is extremely like everything is handmade and everything is in house. So there's like no machinery involved at all, and it's still been that way. Maybe as we grow more and scale more, we might you know bring in some help. But for now, it's all been in house. We've even hired few women who help us. making these things yeah one of the biggest things rithika always spoke about was making sure that you know if you look at brands like lush and body shop and then the other side of brands which is more you know uh like your um, forest essentials or kama there's a vast difference in terms of how they market and how they sell so our biggest goal was not to be a utility based company but rather be something where you pamper yourself something fun something happy something natural so mm-hmm. when we when we started manufacturing it in house of course when we say in house we had a really good team helping us out in terms of our packaging our manufacturing of products once rithika makes the formulation all these there are three women who help us right now and all these three women have their own setup so they help us figure out how we can hit these volumes and so on but as of now i think it's been good because we're still manufacturing in like 500s to 1000s per category sorry per product probably once we hit bigger numbers uh, we could s- see how we can push this off uh to a larger unit but still keep it in a way where it's still made uh, there are no machines used to make it but only for the processing and so on so we still hold on to those uh, little roots we have got it interesting okay what are some of the channels that has been working for you like uh, you said you started with instagram right how how has that helped you all these years and when did you finally decide to okay let me have a website now i think we got a <laughs> website what one year ago i guess That's it. Yeah, right? year, year and a half ago. Yeah. I think the bigger thing, Sohel, was when you. I mean, coming from a background where we handled so many e-com brands for myself, when we started off, when we looked at our clients and we saw what was happening, especially Instagram right now, how much have we pushed? It's still limited in terms of your organic sales, right? It's very rare you're going to mm-hmm. get hundred customers messaging you saying, "I want this product." So we got a really good form of brand validation awareness on social. but that's about it our sales were still very one month would be great because of the huge amount of loyal offline customers but the next month would again be unstable so the whole goal yeah. is getting the site making sure it's easier to scale was probably a year year and a half when we decided that you know let's just push this push everything online even push our offline orders online and drive sales across and of course we use shopify for it and it's been absolutely amazing yeah it's it's like a life savior for almost like uh you know all, all the e-commerce merchants out there who were running the stores and especially after the covid right most of the businesses okay. they were selling offline they moved to uh, online and shopify was the thing for them oh it definitely is i mean it's so so easy to navigate so easy to use especially on the user i mean for us on the back end to measure analytics understand what can be improved what products are working what uh aovs are good what aovs are bad i mean it really helps us navigate around strategy got it makes sense so how do you keep up with the new trends in the skincare industry um i spend a lot of time online <laughs> basically i am always like <laughs> looking at other brands seeing what they're doing and yeah i think just learning from like what's new i basically keep a track of um, there there are few brands and you uh, celebrities i like to always follow and see what they are doing 
because if you try to be original all the time like you might you know go really off beat something people don't really want right now Also, yeah. while while I was scrolling through your website and Instagram, I saw that you are uh, actively attending events and all of it. Yeah. So how how does that help in creating an impact on your brand? May be it online sales or offline sales. You're talking about the flea markets, right? Pop up markets. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So that basically more than sales, it helps us uh, for marketing. and uh, we get a lot of new eyes a lot of people can come experience the products and actually get the feel of it because online will only like give you you know the visual feel and probably like a description so it helps in that way a lot of new eyes the business has actually like sustained so many years uh, also on like word of mouth in fact the first 3 years it was just word of mouth we've had a lot of customers who keep coming back who given amazing reviews and got you know more people in the whole like family so basically it helps you with the awareness right correct got it got it so what are the expectations you have when, when you go for an event of flea market or something do you have expectations okay i'm spending so much of amount on this maybe on the booth or something and this is the roi i need from it or is it just like okay we are going there and you know if people come it's all good if it doesn't happen it's still good that types how how is the attitude so, there so uh, honestly this majority comes uh, the in more time. you do it in the big <laughs> in the beginning i used to i used to literally uh, i think pack 50 60 kg worth of things you know with me and i used to think i'm going to sell everything and come home and i used to be so disheartened because obviously it wouldn't be so and then i realized that flea markets don't work like that you know you you can have lucky days where you sell a lot but more than that you get to meet so many people exchange so many cards and yeah basically like a lot of people you know uh, revisit you or your website after these events that really helps so adding on to what ritika is saying i think another good uh, i mean ritika is does this so often and it's so amazing because in one way we also get to see what the customers like and don't like in person example we've tested out some new fragrances some new products so you know standing in front of them and really understanding do they like these kind of products do they like the fragrances what are they buying what are they not buying what actually grabs their attention what doesn't so these little things even and, and, and a lot of questions that, yeah exactly so that really gives us a lot of insight to understand right utika yeah like a lot of questions like oh, do you also have this or i'd like to use this or so it it's really like like some sort of a market research that goes on in these flea markets got it got it interesting also like you collaborate with other brands as well for instance uh, the recent collaboration you all had was with plush so plush yeah. uh, sells flowers and all we we had a conversation with them most probably will be having anmol on the podcast uh, over the coming weeks so uh, nice. yeah okay. yeah Yeah. For instance, uh, there was this one post when you all uh, made for Valentine's Day, like you know, collaboration with Plush. Mm-hmm. Right? What is the impact that creates on you know when you collaborate with other brands selling the same product? Does it give you an exposure, or how does it go? I just want to understand the entire process of going for a collaboration with brands. Ah, uh, so we've actually been collaborating with Plush since the beginning, and every time we've come out with new collections with them. and obviously it's been uh, really nice because for both the brands like they get to 
you know have our customers we get to have their customers and even the customers get to use the products of the other brands so it's been great the the collaboration that's why it's lasted so long like from the beginning we've i think had at least like six different collections out till now we had done mothers day we've done valentines day and you know so on so i think collaboration is really the way to go especially for small businesses it gives you a lot of organic reach and i also feel that one of the biggest things which has helped us is one we are really picky when we collaborate with brands even though we do it a lot because at the end of the day the audience mm-hmm. really matters and unmol with plush has done a fantastic job with what she's doing so i feel that every time you collaborate with brands like hers and others you're able to get more people with the same uh, you know with the same customer uh, customer base to like you know buy your products and for us more than that is once you get that new cac right if you've got a new if your cost per new acquisition reduces then of course we believe that you know when they try a product once or twice they'll always come back or they'd refer or they're going to use it again so the goal for us more than that initial sale is to get more people who fit into our customer bracket to try the product more than anything and i feel collaboration is yeah. best way of doing that okay okay so i wanted to understand how do you go about uh, launching new product like uh, from the research uh, you know to production to marketing it how does the whole idea come in like okay we'll go with a uh, new category or feature in the product or something like that It's very different in terms of ideation and that because you're able to research so much more. I feel, and you could speak about that. Yeah. Then probably looking at the numbers, we could. You want to talk about how you ideate in terms of, especially when you sit down and brainstorm on new products. Uh, yeah, like this is literally what I was saying, right? About how you have to keep a track about what your, uh, you know, competitors are doing, and even the brands you're really influenced by, and you want your business to be like. and yeah so when you see all these things you get ideas from it and then you think of you know new products and then what happens is then uh, me and sahan we discuss like about these new things and then we take it to the production side once we go there then we like you know try to get the the right formulation that we're looking for that takes some time but once that's done i think then it goes into the whole packaging and design and yeah i think this whole thing takes around a month to uh, launch a new product and one more thing we do say is for us so many times you know as people we got to be less biased towards the products we launch right sometimes we mm-hmm. like something but we don't know if the market going to like it or not so what we always do is even if you're launching let's say for example face washes so the goal is to really understand from more on a technical standpoint saying how many brands are selling it what are the numbers they're hitting what kind of traffic are these pages and other companies getting does it make sense to sell it what is the acquisition cost what is our cost in terms of selling it and uh, you know will we have enough margins on it so many little things is it a competitive space yeah. so when we do our research thoroughly on marketplaces and online and also check which cities and which states have the highest amount of click rates on those products then i think it's a mix between numbers and also ideation in terms of what we want the brand to look like and what we want to do and then we sit down and say okay what best would work in that particular category makes sense that, that's that's like a taking a database approach to it right right uh, he does all <laughs> the numbers and i do all the all the creative bit very true <laughs> uh you mentioned about uh 
a new launch or something you had for mother's day and all that right so i just wanted to know if you had a particular campaign plan like have you run a campaign uh, just for a day and if so then how long was it and what was the impact it had we run two things right rutika always for most of these campaigns yeah. always generic happening and also one campaign based uh, you know marketing going on so what happens is you know of course throughout the month you want to push as much as you can in terms of different categories i think when we have anything out for a particular event or a topical we try to make sure that it one doesn't collide with our normal campaigns and our normal ads and then rutika is able to mm-hmm. come out and i get in terms of how we could push this or collaborate with different brands and then we run this individually probably what two two and a half weeks before the event and then uh, yeah yeah then we push it got it got it how do you deal with the competition you know if uh, if if there's a product that is selling uh, if there's a brand that is selling products similar to yours and they are pouring a lot of money on the marketing right so uh, for a startup mm-hmm. who's just getting started to cope up with them is a bit hard so how do you go about uh, making sure you know uh, you reach the right audience and you know and still not burn your bank account <laughs> there is actually a challenging yeah. thing we face yeah. this because obviously we're still a small company and especially when you're burning money in the beginning at least thank god that at least in the past few months or years we've never taken external debt so whatever's happened it's worked out organically rutika's bootstrap the whole thing since scratch and i just jumped in 2 years ago so what we do now at least especially with spends you know how it is when you're spending smaller budgets it just doesn't work right even if it's until you're spending a minimum of at least 5 to 6 a day 5 uh, to 6000 a day the facebook ads the algorithm doesn't even push it so once that happened at least right now we're doing decent sales and we have a number in mind and once we achieve that then we could look for external funding coming in but one I, I, to answer that question the best thing we do is the two ways of getting more business right one is billing new customers and one is increasing billing from existing customers so we focus on the latter a little bit more now at least in the past 6 months by getting in automation flows like clavio getting in automation flows from vorti to make sure that we're able to get more billing especially at every single stage make the customer customer experience as seamless so we feel that that's really helped us to get a returning rate high grow by references and so on but rithika what else do you think i mean we push uh, i think uh, to get our um, existing customers happy yeah i think it's just like you have to make sure that everything you're putting out maintains good quality and and that really helps yeah, like no matter what like whatever goes out from the company has to you know the product has to have a game all the time so you get these people to buy again you get them to like speak to their friends there's uh, so many customers who call me and they're like you know like this person told me about you this that so no matter what like there will be new competitors all the time in fact like there's so many brands i think in fact i've seen so many brands who literally copied the entire theme many names like it's just but then it's just like you know they can't keep like you know you have to keep innovating like you can't stop and yeah and it's good like it even keeps you on your toes that you have to like you know keep being at it yeah that's true uh, so uh, customer acquisition i mean uh, retaining the existing customer it's it's much cheaper than acquiring new customers yeah no, definitely right now at least but of course that doesn't mean we don't bring new customers but we try to focus as much to increase the ltv as much as we can 
So at least if we bring in a customer, we're able to work with. They are able to buy from us at least three, four times in every in a year or even six months, depending on the product. Got it. Got it. Could you explain me more about uh, the steps involved in retaining the customers, like the strategy you have to retain the existing ones? How do you go about retargeting them and make them purchase again, or maybe you know have a word? Uh, I mean, talk about the product to someone else. What are some of the strategies that you follow? The one, it's obviously in terms of references that happens organically, right? But in terms on a very tactical level, we just do two things. One is Watty, and one is Clavio, right? Because what happens is think of it like even big brands like Mintra, Nike. If you just follow the emailers you'll get a notification probably every two days and most people don't open that email but the fact that you're seeing that notification again and again or just that subject line constantly you have it in their head right we always know when there's a sale on mintra but hardly we open that email right yeah. these little things like this so make sure yeah we make sure that the clavio automations on point in terms of what flow we have when abandoned carts are there what flow do we have when someone comes in the particular site it could be a welcome flow what flow do we have when there is uh, let's say a purchase can we cross sell can we upsell so all these automated flows after work, after building it for so long i think we've cracked ones which have been working for our brand so we've been able to set that up for email and the same thing for what is something which we are in progress of doing and i think that should be live uh, soon too and i think and in terms of retargeting we just look at normal conventional retargeting ads and dynamic ads have worked really well for us especially for retargeting because i mean it's a vast product range we don't know our customers like or dislike so we just run dp ads for retargeting and these little things have really helped us rithika anything else uh, you you feel on my part what i do i just make sure that the product like speaks for itself and you know i i i focus more on these organic uh, ways of getting them back and sahan helps me with all his like marketing intel and the digital side so i feel like we yeah. work so well together cuz even rithika takes even if it's one or two customers right out of like let's say you got 100 orders in the past 2 days and if you've got even one or two customers who have a problem rithika personally calls them up you could just answer that over mail or message like that personal touch of really holding on to every single customer i feel really makes a big difference in the long run and i know you can't do it uh, as we scale but it is making sure every customer is heard every customer's answer is like you know they feel that they're heard and you know they feel that okay yeah. i've got this thing for what i was looking for got it got it interesting so uh yeah you also had celebrity endorsement for your brand so i am just curious and want to understand that how did you go about it and what was the impact it had because for startups initially to uh get a celebrity endorsement it's it's not a small thing right so it, it demands money so how did you go about it surprisingly so we've not paid any influencer yeah. or a celebrity yet and that's that's a proud feeling <laughs> and surprisingly they've wanted to and try it out and we've always been reaching out so that we could share our products with them of course but many of them were like you know what send it over and we've never even asked for a picture or anything like that we wanted to share it with them and if they like it and they post it or story it i mean amazing if not we've just shared a good hamper to them so we've always looked at it as that approach and give out as many hampers to the people we feel are a right fit okay makes a lot of sense so so you all reach out to them initially and then send the hampers or how is it yeah yeah, yeah. we reach out to many i mean rithika is reaching out to people all the time i'm reaching out to people all the time anyone we feel that you know they've done this for other brands or like someone we feel uh, where their audience really relates to what we're doing so we push it out and then some of them honestly are so kind and they're so sweet they actually respond yeah. to us and 
they take the products and they give us reviews they that even that they send us pictures the story they so i mean that's been a good journey that we worked got that's interesting because i have seen businesses do that but not for everyone that works out right for some people it doesn't it doesn't yeah <laughs> yeah easily so so i'll tell you one of the reason which these people even want to take it even today just go and google bath bombs in india bath bombs in bangalore i can so proudly say our bath bomb is hands down yeah. at the top we've tried every single product which we could buy on mintra which you, i mean sorry you should buy on nike which you buy online we'll send you some bath bombs try it out and tell us what you think but honestly that's one of the biggest reasons people reach out because there are not many people who have it like the product itself in that many variants and fragrances is not available and and even the quality of everything the colors the fragrances how well it performs uh it's it's not so easy like over the years i think this was perfected and and the badbam that we used to sell 4 years ago can compared to now is also like a whole story of its own quite different so yeah, yeah. it's a perfected yeah so it's a perfected formulation now obviously we'll we'll keep learning and making it better Improving it. but yeah, now yeah. but now we are proud of product. our finished product oh, sure. yeah makes sense end of the day authenticity sells right if if you are genuine with the product and always and always always it, it works out that way yeah i think sahan would be a better person for this question because it's more on the marketing front so if at all you had to give five marketing tips for anyone who is starting out there what would they be i mean if you're starting with i mean this is just my experience working with so many e-com brands especially palette for us what helped is one make sure like just fundamentals right one is your website make sure don't complicate a lot of people what i see when they start off with they want to make it lots of animations very fancy what happens is there's nothing wrong in coding the site from scratch but unfortunately most people when they try to take that route don't do it well right mm-hmm. so my biggest advice would be start with shopify start with a platform where your dependency on a third party it could be a developer or anyone else is very minimal because you're starting lean right that means and we have like i've seen brands on shopify i mean bummer is a perfect example they're hitting lakhs and crores on shopify so people feel that if i use a shopify site is there something restricting right it's not first thing is make sure your website is seamless very very straightforward and make sure it is able to cater to two types of customers people who know what they want people who don't know what they want so the user journey and user experience the first thing is always site right and i always recommend go with shopify second thing is make sure that your your content yeah good images that's makes the so world important. of a difference because we we i've seen so many people come and say that hey you know what our product is really good maybe it is maybe it's not i don't know but i'm just saying a customer sitting on the other side of the screen does not know how your product tastes feels like or if it's good so pictures is critical if you have to spend see because the foundation is your website and your images right these are the only two things people are looking at before they buy from you so mm-hmm. second i would say always spend on your images make sure the mood shots and everything is very very appealing and relates to the market you're selling third thing i would say is um list yourselves on marketplaces as many as you can because marketplaces always takes time right it's not that you list something on amazon or mintra or any of these platforms today and it's going to work and most of the times you will not make money with marketplaces you're able to get good reach and validation then the fourth one i'd say is if you can't do it yourself work with a freelancer work with whoever you want where your ad strategy is solid because i mean organically honestly pre covid or even 2 3 years ago you would see 
organic engagement, organic reach, organic sales. But today, if you don't have that good clientele, your organic you can put up thousand pictures on Instagram and it's not going to help you drive sales. So your ad strategy has to be critical. That means what kind of platforms are you targeting? Are you targeting on Instagram? Are you working in Reels? Are you working on Facebook? What kind of ads are you running? So always look at what and I mean there's a simple tool that right? you can just go on Facebook Ads Library. And that particular tool is going to give you understanding of what all your co your competitors are running in terms of ads. Model it, see what's working, see what's not working, and then eventually figure out what kind of product would sell for you. So ad strategy, fourth point, very important. And fifth one, I'd say retargeting, right? If you're starting off, make sure that uh, when you're retargeting and marketing, it's everything. Because so many people just like us, we add stuff to the cart or we bought something and it just skips off your mind because there's so much of content and visuals and information we're taking every day. So I feel that if you're able to crack the retargeting well, use Wati, use Klaviyo, use MailChimp if you want to, use uh, SMS bump to like shoot out SMS. There's so many tools in the market like that where if you're able to get a longer lifetime value from your customers, get them to bill more. Of course, even if your acquisition cost in the beginning is high, it's okay. On a technical level, I'd say these five things really helped us but if Ritika wants to add on something from a more of a yeah, I, 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 th I think I have one like bonus six point for you. I, I think that uh, that is like uh, collaborating for a small scale business. It really, really helps. So uh, not only collaborating with other brands for selling, but uh, if you know, if it's just one person starting, you can't learn how to do everything. Uh, so it, so you can collaborate with other people help someone uh, with like someone can help you with the website someone can help you with the creatives and the design part so you know together if you if you like have that synergy with a few people if you can maintain that it will make the whole process so easy uh, so so you should just be aware of like even your like you know gaps others can help fill that and then this whole even the whole marketing sales everything becomes seamless so if you notice half the people, right, when you start off, they wait for, this is one thing we've noticed, you know, I don't know who said this, there's a quote which says, uh, if the product is almost ready, then you're already too late before it goes live. That means that when you're starting off, don't wait for perfection to such an extent. If you have a bunch of products, start selling. If your website's not perfect, start selling. Because when you wait so long that you're going to make, you're going to, Fix it's an ongoing process, right? it, can, it can never be perfect. So, when you start, if you're gonna wait for everything to be perfect, of course, do it right. But I'm saying, Oh, I don't have this proper, so I'm not gonna start. Oh, I don't have the site, this thing, so I'm not gonna start. I don't have money for ads, I'm not gonna start. So, this usually puts back a lot of people. And I have I've seen so many examples of people after everything is perfect according to them, and then they start and they understand that even after all that, it's not easy. Of course, it could work. It's not easy. And then they get so disheartened because, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Why is someone else doing better? So I feel it takes time. It's a lot of patience. And I mean, Ritika has literally done this for five years and only in the past two, two and a half years with the amount of effort she's put in. Now we're able to see some benefit out of it. And of course, yeah. now we've got smarter in terms of what we were doing, planned it better and it's working. But I think you just got to be patient and just start. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Insightful six tips. Okay. Okay. So last question, 
yeah running an e-commerce business is full of ups and downs right there are days when you feel like okay you know there are sales coming in and th- things are going well and there are days you know uh, when things are not going well like you don't see sales coming in for almost like a week two week a month sometimes so how do you go about uh, you know what do i say managing this like you know on the days on the rough days like how do you you don't make sales <laughs> <laughs> I think like you start building a hard skin after some time. Earlier has to be very and 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 also actually see, but it's something that I think even someone who who's been in business all their lives, like even after maybe forty years, even then you'll feel the same thing. If you're not selling, you're not going to be happy. So people at home they know when I've had a good day and when I've not had a good day. <laughs> so so that's just how it is. But I think that's the beauty and thrill of business as well. There are ups and downs, but then there'll be like really you know good high ups sometimes, which compensates for the really down lows. So it's fine. You have to just be patient and you know keep doing your bit. Definitely, and on a very practical level also, right? When you look at e-com. You could never look at day sales. One day you might get hundred. One day you might get twenty, thirty. Then you also understand patterns. You understand which days of the week are up, which days of the week are down, which seasons or which months are up, which months are down. So you at least have an idea. So you plan for those months. If it's down, then figure out what else we could do during those months because whatever you do, the market during those months are not great, right? And then one more thing which we which you can always do is average it out, right? When you say that, oh my God, I did so well last week and I didn't do this, didn't do it this week. Always average it out. What is your average sales for the week? Don't look at it day wise because that's going to drive you mad. Look at it month wise. What is the average per month? What is the average per week? Are we going down? Are we going up? Is the season down? Is the season up? What kind of hits are other people getting? So just be aware of what's happening. But at the same time, you can never change the inconsistencies. It's always going to be there. Got it. Understood. Yeah, yeah. So thanks a lot for uh, taking out time and talking to us today. I'm sure all our audience Pleasure. would love the tips and tricks shared here. Thanks a lot again. Thank you so much for having us, Will. Found this episode insightful? Follow us on Spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week.